Welcome to the Two Degrees C Climate Chat Podcast, your weekly guide to what's happening within the climate around the world. My name is Neil Vinnikirk, the Executive Director and a founding member of Two Degrees C. Along with co-founders Dr. Carson Shine and Jenny Disson, we cover issues relating to the climate crisis. So join us as we explore in the Two Degrees C Climate Chat. Welcome back to the Two Degrees C Climate Chat Podcast. Coral reefs have a global ecological and economic importance and are a fundamental component of marine ecosystems, supporting about 25% of all ocean biodiversity. Our guests today, Peter Hillenbrand and Dr. Gretchen Goodbody-Gringley, introduce us to the Central Caribbean Marine Institute and their Little Cayman Research Center, which is located on the island of Little Cayman in the Cayman Islands, just steps away from the world-renowned Bloody Bay Marine Park. CCMI is a fully operational research institute open throughout the year and includes an in-house team of researchers as well as many visiting researchers and education groups. So join us as we explore in the Two Degree C Climate Chat. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us again for the Two Degree C Climate Chat Podcast. Joining me again today, Dr. Carsten Schein, and our guests today, Peter Hillenbrand and Gretchen goodbody Grigny from the Central Caribbean Marine Institute. Carsten, before we bring uh, Peter and Gretchen into the conversation, I wanted to just have a chance to ask you for your opinion on the way that climate change is affecting small island nations. So... Obviously, it's affecting them in many ways. Um, one of the one of the most uh, pronounced ways that uh, we're seeing in the news these days is with um, uh, sea level rise is actually inundating these islands, and some of the lowest lying islands uh, on, on Earth have already disappeared under the waves, and uh, some inhabited islands are uh, inhabited islands are, are starting to uh, starting to uh, see flooding on a more regular basis. And uh, in a few decades, may also join join their uh, their neighbors uh, in being uh, submerged. Um, another uh, important aspect is, as uh, we chatted about last time, uh, with coral bleaching, is uh, that a lot of these uh, island nations uh, rely heavily on the dive industry for tourism and such. And uh, as reefs are degraded and mangroves are uh, are lost and such, uh, that really has a, a profound effect on uh, tourism in those places. Now, you actually had the opportunity um, to go down to the Central Caribbean Marine Institute, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And in fact, um, the CCMI is, is really part of Two Degrees C's origin story. In that uh, I was down there in about 2016 or so uh, 15 and 16, doing uh, some research on coral reefs down there and uh, local scale climate variability. And uh, really was putting sensors all over the reefs around the island. And the recreational divers that were coming off boats uh, would swim over, see what I was doing. And uh, that evening I had to go and explain it to everybody in the, in the resorts. And, and you know, a 
lot of the divers were like, how can we help? Um, and that was where this idea was really born um, about uh, having uh, citizen scientists carry the instruments that we as scientists need to collect the data that, that we analyze. Joining us today, Peter Hillenbrand and Dr. Gretchen Goodbody Greenlee from the Central Caribbean Marine Institute. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Good to be here. So um, maybe we can start with you, Peter. You're the, um, the chairman of the board, is that correct? That's correct. And Gretchen, you're the director of research. Yes. Maybe you can do uh, a little introduction for the listeners just so they know your background and how you came to get involved with the Central Caribbean Marine Institute. You want to start that, Peter? Uh, I was actually one of the founding members uh, in 1998. Uh, myself and Dr. Carrie Manfrino got together, ran a couple of school programs and some research projects down here through my resort, the Southern Cross Club here on Little Cayman. And uh, we decided to uh, try to raise the money to start the Institute. Uh, and we actually got uh, Prince Edward, uh, the British Royal family involved. And uh, they've been our Royal patron ever since. And the Institute has grown very nicely. I was the chairman for the first, first uh, uh, 16 years. And then I took a, a bit of a sabbatical and uh, took five years off and just became chairman again in January of this year. Fantastic. And how about you, Gretchen? Well, I'm a research scientist and I was previously working in Bermuda at the Bermuda Institute of Ocean Sciences. And I met Dr. Manfrino at um, a, a conference in London several years ago. And we began chatting and talking about Little Cayman and how amazing this site was in terms of the health of the reef. And she brought me down here two years ago. And then a year ago, I uh, came on as the director of research. That's great. Now, for those of you that are listening, um, Little Cayman may not be on, uh, may, uh, on your radar at all. Um, it is kind of removed in the Western Caribbean, but it is actually a diving mecca. Um, and I know, Peter, that's how you got your start there, as you mentioned, uh, because you are, in fact, a hotelier and, and I have a resort. Um, so I had a question for you about, you know, what prompted you as a hotelier to, to, to really delve into uh, marine research? Uh, I actually was in the process of becoming a marine scientist and applying towards graduate schools when the opportunity to buy the Southern Cross Club here on Little Cayman plopped itself in my lap. And uh, it was a pretty hard decision, but I decided to uh, change careers and become a hotelier in a foreign country. And um, that's the way I became a hotelier. Coming up next... So, Peter, I had a question, uh, you know, being a hotelier um, and with your understanding of climate change, how has this allowed or developed your, your sustainability uh, with regard to, you know, the way that you direct the club? When we return to the Two Degrees C Climate Chat... Blue Ocean Art is the premier collective of marine artists and a proud partner of Two Degrees C. From some of the world's most renowned underwater photographers to painters, sculptors and multimedia artists from around the world, Blue Ocean Art's large collection features moving imagery showcasing the beauty of the world's oceans. 
Our artist's passion to capture the moments and special places in our oceans affords the rest of us a glimpse into that mystical realm that makes up so much of our planet and has a deep impact on all of us, yet we know so little about. Our shared interest in protecting the environment means we look forward to using the Leaf Climate Sensor on our projects and trips as soon as they're able to reach the critical next stage of product development. Visit www.blueoceanart.com to see their selection of fine art prints and decorative products to bring the beauty of the world's coral reefs and underwater environments into your space. Listeners of the 2 Degrees C Climate Chat podcast can exclusively take 25% off with the code 2 Degrees C at checkout. Hey, this is Megan Haney Greer, freediver, ocean explorer, and marine educator from the Imperfect Conservationist. And you're listening to the 2 Degrees C Climate Chat podcast. So, Peter, I had a question, uh, you know, being a hotelier um, and with your understanding of climate change, how has this allowed or developed your, your sustainability uh, with regard to, you know, the way that you direct the club? Um, we certainly want to have the smallest footprint we possibly can, um, staying within the laws of the Cayman Islands and the economic realities of running a, a small 14 beach bungalow resort. Uh, but, uh, you know, diving itself, it's running dive boats with big diesel engines and uh, our rooms are air conditioned. So, well, you know, we have a pretty heavy car carbon footprint here, but uh, whatever we can do to, uh, to mitigate uh, our energy consumption to make guests aware of uh, how they are impacting the reef uh, and uh, you know, how we can keep our, our footprint as small as possible while providing the experience of a you know, relatively pristine uh, marine environment. That's, we do it. We do everything we can. Yeah, I would say that, that the latter part of that is what's really important uh, because people protect what they love and what they know and what they've seen. And so having giving these people the opportunity to see a Caribbean reef, which has been less impacted by some of the major impacts that have affected other locations, you know, they can actually make that connection. And then maybe when they go back to their everyday lives, they're thinking about how they can make a change and how they can then you know, do something in their lives to help protect what they have seen and witnessed. Yeah, and uh, and I know Peter, you uh, the, the the Southern Cross Club has a Green Globe certification. That's correct. Correct. Yeah, and so that that process, I believe, uh, involved uh, the Cayman Islands government. So. Um, you know, as I understand it, there's, uh, the Southern Cross Club is one of the only resorts in the Cayman Islands to actually have attained that uh, certification. Correct. Right. I'm curious, so, what does that certification mean? It's an international certification that means we are meeting the standards uh, that the Green Globe community require to consider yourselves uh, an environmentally friendly operation. You're listening to a conversation about climate innovation. Coming up. So, Gretchen, as you know, changes take effect. You know, what mitigations and adapt uh, adaptations 
you believe will take place um, in, in uh, Little Cayman where, where CCMI is. That's up next when 2 Degrees C Climate Chat continues. With so many wonderful destinations around the world to choose from, a little help can go a long way. Quest Dive Adventures is your premium adventure travel company, offering a wide and diverse selection of destinations to choose from. With dive adventures from the Pacific to the Caribbean, and adventure travel from Costa Rica to Africa, Quest Dive Adventures offers packages including flights and accommodations, activities, transfers, diving and more. Everything to enjoy your perfect vacation. What's your request? Gretchen, as you know, changes take effect, you know, what mitigations and adapt, uh, adaptations do you believe will take place um, in, in uh, Little Cayman where, where CCMI is? Well, I think by increasing that marine protected area will obviously have a huge impact. There's a lot of data that has shown the impacts of marine protected areas on local fish populations. And so I think with the government on board to increase our MPAs, that's a huge step forward. Um, I also think our work towards restoring the Acropora populations with our coral nursery and some of the work that we're looking to do, looking at um, selectively outplanting populations that have higher temperature tolerances um, will help to rebuild that structure of the reef and maintain its integrity as well as the function of the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we have a lot of community involvement. So here on Little Cayman, there's a continuous culling that takes place for the invasive lionfish. And so the community is very involved with that. And we also involve them frequently with helping us out with our nursery corals and helping outplant corals. So any way we can get the community involved helps them to really feel um, ownership of our conservation efforts. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel very confident in Little Cayman as this um, little gem of an island, really, in the Caribbean. I, the community I know. here really supports our cause as well. I mean, the community here is very conscious of, of the, the both terrestrial and marine environment and how fragile it can be. That's great. I, I know that uh, Little Cayman has quite a large um, amount of seagrass. And seagrass, um, so far as we understand, uh, ha has quite an effort in carbon offset. Is that correct? That's correct, it does. Um, just like even the tiny dinoflagellate or algae that are floating in our in the seawater that you can't even see actually absorbs a large amount of CO2 from the atmosphere. Um, and so does seagrass. So, you know, maintaining that ecosystem integrity is really important to mitigating climate change. That's great. Um, so are there any opportunities uh, for uh, the listeners to get involved with um, CCMI, even though it's distributed um, on a little island in the Caribbean? Are, are there ways for folks to get involved and, and participate? Uh, sure. One of our strongest suits is that we have educational programs for K-12. So we run camps for international students. Um, we're always looking for young uh, early career scientists to come down and do an internship with us or work, uh, do their graduate research with us. So um, young scientists, we're always looking for them to come and uh, learn from us and work with us and conduct their research in what we consider to be a relatively pristine environment for the Caribbean. Um, and then for the layperson, of course, 
um, listening to things like our webinars and our Reefs Go Live episodes, which are underwater live broadcasts that we do every once in a while. We'll have one on March 26th. Uh, so that's a shameless plug for our first Reefs Go Live of the year, which will actually broadcast from Georgetown Harbor and Grand Cayman where we were, we will present the results of our COVID-19. www.reefresearch.org. That's right. Reefresearch.org. Also on Facebook, right? We are also on Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Awesome. That's fantastic. Well, I want to wish you, uh, you both uh, a thanks and um, for all the efforts that you're doing and wish uh, the Southern Cross Club and the Central Caribbean Marine Institute all the best uh, for the future. And uh, just as, uh, as Peter said, uh, reefresearch.org and the southerncrossclub.com if you'd like to know more. And uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming and, and joining us for the, uh, the Climate Chat podcast today. All the best to 2DC. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Okay, Carson, um, let's pivot towards the news. And for those of you that are just joining us for the first time, uh, 2DBC does have a newsletter and it's available at our website, 2DBC.org. It's called the 2DBC Climate Check. Uh, when once a week we'll send out three climate-related news articles that we found interesting, as well as uh, a new scientific report. Um, just once a week, just the facts. So today, Carson, um, sticking with the theme of islands, I did want to talk about um, sea level rise a little bit. There's quite a bit of uh, news uh, circulating about Antarctica's ice sheet. Um, can you help us understand what's going on and why that particular news uh, story is making the rounds? Sure. This was the result of uh, a couple of recent uh, journal articles that, that came out in the scientific literature uh, that were looking at... Uh, some of the new climate models out there um, that are being used in the next uh, IPCC assessment report. Um, and and these, uh, these models uh, were suggesting that uh, under, the, under a low emission scenario of keeping, capping things to 1.5 degrees Celsius, we'd still see the uh, uh, see ice melt um, contribute about 13 or so centimeters to uh, continued sea level rise over the next uh, 70 or so years, uh, 70, 80, I should say about 80 years. Um, and uh, under under sort of the high emissions scenario, uh, which uh, we're still on, a, on somewhat of a trajectory to, uh, to meet, that number goes up to about 42 centimeters, um, which is uh, quite substantial. The, the big thing is that so over the last hundred years or so, it's been about uh, sea level rise has only been uh, has been under about ten centimeters, so it's not been that great. And about half of that is due to just under half of that is due to uh, glacial ice melt. Um, so this is projected to actually accelerate under these uh, these new climate models, which uh, has some pretty. Uh, significant consequences for low-lying islands and such uh, and uh, low-lying uh, coastal areas that are already prone to flooding or storm surges. So this is already happening here in the U.S. and um, I'm aware of one instance where the U.S. government has already had to relocate a Native American uh, settlement out in Louisiana. Um, so and also in local news in Florida, I saw that uh, the governor is actually signing some legislation into action um, specifically regarding 
uh, sea level rise. So if we think about the, you, you referenced to low emissions and a high emissions, um, where are we on track right now to meet? Uh, right now, we're still on track to go for the high emission scenario. Um, there are, in the, in the new climate models that are, that are being developed, there are some uh, interesting middle ground scenarios that do suggest, okay, the uh, emissions keep going up for a number of years, but at some point, uh, about 2050 to 2070, those emissions start to drop off dramatically as, uh, as we get a handle on things, uh, either through policy or technology. Um, mm -hmm. But and, those, those emissions will stay in the, in the atmosphere for a long time to come afterwards. And of course, that ice is not waiting. <laughs> it's, it's melting as we speak. Ice waits for no one. <laughs> right. And it, it, the ice itself also has a different interesting um, aspect in that it releases nitrous oxide, right? Uh, it, it will release whatever, uh, whatever chemical constituents it had trapped within it uh, when it froze. Right. Um, so, I mean, ice itself is, is still uh, water, frozen water. So, right. but it, as it, as it uh, freezes and compacts, it compacts with uh, trace gases that were in the atmosphere at the time that it, it compacted. And uh, when it does melt, those are released back into the atmosphere. Um, and actually, we're seeing some of that uh, with methane in the permafrost areas where gotcha. the permafrost is starting to melt and it's releasing some of those trapped uh, um organic emissions like methane into the atmosphere. Right. Well, we'll be watching this one closely. Thank you, Carson, for helping us explain. And um, we'll wrap up some news in the next episode. Thanks, Carson. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Two Degrees C Climate Chat. If you have a question you would like answered, a topic for discussion, or would like to be a guest on the show, please leave a comment below. We'd love to hear your stories and climate journeys and if you like what you've heard today, please like, subscribe, and comment wherever you hear your podcasts. Next week, we'll be interviewing Laird Akins, the Curator of Marine Conservation for Frost Science. So be sure to check back in there, or find out more about the stories you've just heard by visiting our blog at 2degreesc.org and connect to others like you via our social media. We'd love to hear your stories and climate journeys, and if you like what you've heard today, please like, subscribe, and comment wherever you hear your podcasts. Thank you to our sponsors and partners without which this podcast is not possible, with special thanks to Seren Media for producing today's episode. To find out more about our partners, please visit our website. And if you'd like to become a sponsor or partner, please email us at podcast at 2degreesc.org.